President Biden brought the House down at the White House Correspondents' Dinner this weekend. He and comedian Roy Wood Jr. showed what a normal event looks like, filled with laughter, self-deprecating humor, but also a powerful defense of the freedom of the press and our democracy. Meanwhile, MAGA Republicans this weekend continued their media appearances, showing America just how radical and extreme and out of touch they are, especially as they now hold our nation hostage to their outrageous demands in order to raise the debt ceiling and avoid financial catastrophe. Also, we should mention Donald Trump made another appearance on Fox with Mark Levin, again showing what a maniac he is. I got to show you some of these clips. I mean, it's the strangest stuff in the world. Also, as Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen stated that America will likely default on its debt by June 1st, If the debt ceiling isn't raised by Congress, President Biden, like a responsible adult, reached out to the so-called big four congressional leaders to say enough is enough. Stop this MAGA madness. Pass a clean debt ceiling bill so our economy can function. We'll report on that as well. Day three of testimony in the E. Jean Carroll trial. So, Where was Donald Trump? Well, not at trial. Like the coward that he is, he was far, far from the courtroom. He essentially fled to Scotland uh, and Ireland, claiming that he would be opening a new golf course there. Um, And just the image, the strength of E. Jean Carroll compared to Donald Trump literally fleeing for this contrived trip to Scotland and Ireland. I mean, it, it is so outrageous. And as Donald Trump essentially fled the country, what was his lawyer Joe Takapina doing? Well, Joe Takapina filed a frivolous motion for a mistrial. Remember, We said that here on the Midas Touch Network that that would be coming. That is what they filed. Mm -hmm. And the judge in like two seconds before the court even started was like, yeah, I'm denying that motion. You may proceed with your witness. That's what took place there. And also Ron DeSantis continues to make a fool out of himself. This and more here on the Midas Touch podcast. Brett, Jordy, how are you both doing? I'm doing great, brothers. Great to see you guys. You guys are looking like really sharp tonight. And now I feel like I'm a little underdressed for the occasion. But you know, I'm traveling. I'm over here on the East Coast. I'm in New York uh, having a good time. Haven't seen any of those marijuana zombies that Marjorie Taylor Greene promised I'd be seeing in the streets as I roam around. Uh, maybe the rain kind of scared them away or something. I'm, I'm not too sure, but I, but I didn't see them out here. But it's it's great to be in New York and it's great to be here on the Midas Touch podcast with the bros. Jordy, how you doing? I'll be seeing you welcome, here soon. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the East Coast time zone, big bro. Excited to have you on the same time zone as me. Ben, come on, man. Hop hop on to it, man. I'm, I'm wearing my jean jacket for those audio listeners. And I got to say, I'm not really like a jean jacket kind of guy. You're denim like, guy right now. Right? I, I, like, I feel like you got, I'm got your like Jay Leno look right now. Yeah, it looks good on you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. What's up, B? What's up, Ben? You know, we've got a lot of show to discuss. And as much as I want to talk about your denim jacket, I think the Midas Mighty want to hear what's going down in the news today. Um, but let's talk about what happened this weekend. You know, when I saw this White House Correspondents Association dinner, I mean, look, it's very funny. 
you know, and and Biden kind of switches, you know, from making these, you know, really like hilarious jokes that, you know, would make an episode of SNL kind of feel like, you know, if, if they can't even rise to the occasion of some of these Biden jokes, um, but also striking a serious chord and a serious tone as well about the freedom of the press, about the freedom of our democracy, about supporting journalists abroad. But my overall observation about it is, one, just how normal it is to have like a self-deprecating president who can take a joke. Like I'm going to show you in a little bit because we're going to contrast what went down at the White House Correspondents' Dinner to essentially what was Fox playing the very next day at the ta at the same time slot, which was this interview with Mark Levin, who talks like that, and <laughs> Donald is, Trump. Where is Mark Levin on the podcast? It's, it sounds like he's oh, here. he was what right is, behind me. I, and where, and where the contrast, though, of President Biden, like you, you know, people are making fun of him and, and joking about him, and he's just laughing. Laughing, right. Meanwhile, you got Donald Trump when he was in office, refused to show up to any White House Correspondent Association dinner because he was scared. He, he couldn't take being made fun of. There is no self-deprecating humor there at all. So when you contrast Biden kind of just having fun with it, with then what takes place the next day on Fox, where like Mark Levin has to say to Donald Trump, I just want to let you know. You're so smart. You're so funny. I've never had an interview that is such a good interview. You know what? Let's go a little out of order just so people know what the heck I'm talking about. But Mark Levin literally has to say to Donald Trump, this is just how a malignant narcissist and weird this all is. That's what we say here on the Midas Touch Network. You can't normalize this. Do not gaslight, gaslight the pro-democracy community. You got Mark Levin go, Hey, hey, I, I just need to tell you, I just need to tell you when I sit here and I do this interview with you and I think about those words that you say, you are, how you put those words together, it's one of the most brilliant things I have ever seen. If you think that that is me hyperbolically making, no. That's the reality. Watch what he does in this interview. Play this clip. You say this, Mr. President. I've talked to a lot of important people, Supreme Court justices, presidents, presidential candidates, brilliant people. And talking with you is really the most impressive conversation I've had. Number one, there's very few people who could sit there and speak the way you do from subject to subject to subject to subject. If people would let you speak and actually listen to you, while you have the enormous pressure on your shoulders of these grand juries and other things going on, and you still are able to do it. That is absolutely remarkable. So the threshold <laughs> for being the Republican nominee wow. for president is that you have the ability to speak and, and that who is preventing the... donald trump from speaking we hear the guy from the guy every day the guy can't shut his mouth they're like if only they let you unleash and let your true feelings out into the world donald who's, who's, they? who's, who's they? they who's the who's they, they? by the way I mean, 
I want to know the they. I mean, it was just announced today that CNN's holding a town hall for this freaking maniac in New Hampshire, and CNN's going to be running with Caitlin Collins or whatever, doing a whole a whole sit down with him. Who who are these people who are not letting this guy speak? You know, and they go. I just got to let you know, I speak to a lot of powerful people, Supreme Court justices, and the way you, the way you make a sentence, the way you make a sentence. I <laughs> yeah, the, you know how I know your impressions are good? Because when I see the actual people speaking, I can't tell if it's them or you, and I often feel like they are doing an impression of your impression of them. If that, like when I see Mike Pence speak now, I'm like, it sounds like Mike Pence is doing Ben doing Mike Pence at this point. Ben's <laughs> really good at, at Mike impressions. Mike Levin, Mike Pence. Ben. His name's Mark, but close. Good yeah. M names. So. M names. That's what you're. I you're so close, Jay. You're so close. Yeah, my 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 Pence though is is like I gotta <laughs> I gotta hone the Pence better. You know the the Pence, the, the, good, the Pence is. I just want to let you know. <laughs> that first and foremost, I am a conservative, I am a Christian, and I am a Republican. So if you want to do something really bad to me, like if you want to, if you want to hang me, if you want to kill me, I ask you, <laughs> that's what he says. If you want to do, I have to consult my Christian faith and I have to say, do it. Do it for the Republican Party. You notice, though, when Pence says that, what he never says, he never goes, I'm an American. He always goes, I am a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order. And he never goes, yeah, I'm, I'm an American. But, Brett, that interview with Mark Levin, and I'll, let's go to that one first. I mean, because I showed you that where Mark Levin, like, literally, like, makes out with Donald Trump. I mean, it is very, <laughs> it is very, very weird. And then in terms of, like, the content of what Trump is saying, he just says the same stuff. Like here he goes, you know, I was treated worse than Abraham Lincoln. Many people are saying that he was been treated worse than Lincoln, who was assassinated. Here, play this clip. Say that Andrew Jackson was the most vilified president. It was his wife died during this thing, and they said such horrible things. And he had a very tough presidency. He was a very good president. He was a great general and a good president. Um, Abraham Lincoln, they say, was... You know, he had a civil war going on, all right? But uh, Abraham Lincoln had, was just vilified. He was, but now they say Trump got treated the worst of all. Because what they did is they came up with phony stuff, Russia, Russia, Russia. It was all hoaxes. Uh, the Mueller witch hunt, which turned out to be no collusion. You know, after two and a half years, no collusion. I could have told them that the first day. And they had the laptop. They could have figured that out. Because on the laptop, if you look at it, you could have figured that out easy. But uh, there's never been anything. Despite that, people are saying it was one of the most successful presidencies in history, and I believe it was. Again, we built the greatest economy ever. We'll do it again. We built, we did things, rebuilding the United States military. I rebuilt it, and then we added Space Force. We added a force. We added. I mean, the guy's a liar about every what? single thing. From the moment he rebuilt the military, well, you know, rebuild. What are we talking about? But Ben. If only they would let him speak, and then people would realize his, his true genius. But but go off. If I, only they would let him speak. If only there was an app <laughs> that was controlled by a malignant narcissist who begs him to go on the platform. Like I don't know Twitter. I mean, uh, the, the, that's own CNN, Twitter, 
All I see, other than the Midas Touch Network and some reporters at MSNBC and maybe like one or two remaining reporters at uh, CNN, you know, maybe everything's controlled by right wing disinformation totally. or corporate media. But if only they would just let him say things like he's the one who rebuilt the me the military and, and no, no one questions that like, oh, yeah, I seem to remember that prior to Donald Trump, there, there wasn't a military and, and he <laughs> and he took a shovel. And 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 he and he rebuilt it. So he says that crazy stuff. And then in the same interview, he says that China released COVID to get him, to get him out. That's that's what happened here. Here, play this clip. China, I was very from I was probably the first one. I said it came from the lab in Wuhan. I knew that. For one thing, you saw body bags all over the place around that lab. You know, there were body bags all over that area. And nobody talks about it. But in Wuhan, you had through satellite pictures and other things, you had pictures, body bags all over the place. And you could see little lines, you know, from way up, but they couldn't be anything else. But I said, and I've said right from the beginning, it was the lab in Wuhan. It got mm -hmm. out. Uh, it got out of the lab. I think it was incompetence. I, I really believe it was incompetence. More, you know, people said, I was charging China so much money in tariffs and taxes that a lot of people said they did it to get me out. But we did great in that election. We did. I did much better in the second election than I did in the first. You see the you see the clip of uh, Congress member Jared Moskowitz in one of the committee hearings where he did Donald Trump's great. We don't have to play the clip, but it's Donald Trump's greatest COVID hits where he spread all of the disinformation right before kind of COVID hit our shores and basically said, I spoke to President Xi. He is a strong man. He is a powerful man. He has it under control. And like a miracle it is all going to go away very powerful very strong and he continues to say that stuff about president g but th that's what donald trump was saying at the time and then he goes you know people didn't know you didn't know we all knew you idiot it was, it's all projection again i mean anybody who was monitoring the news anybody that was monitoring what was going on in asia and in europe knew that covid was incredibly serious and was appropriately worried about it. and then donald trump in rally after rally would get there on the podium on the lectern whatever and he would say and then you hear about this new democratic hoax it's a hoax that's right it's Russia, Russia, Russia all over again. It's the big hoax, the big hoax. And he said that repeatedly. And then when it started to get a little realer, he would make the comments like, but President Xi, good guy, good man. He's got it under control. That president, good guy, good guy. He's got it under very control. Powerful, like, very powerful, very, very strong. Powerful, very powerful. Top of, it, top was, of his game. Top, very, very, very <laughs> handsome man. <laughs> like he literally says things like that. And then he waited for it to get catastrophic. And he, his whole thing was then like, okay, if we just don't, if we don't test, if we don't test, then we won't have COVID numbers and we'll be doing better mm -hmm. than anybody else. And that obviously didn't work. And it was just one failure after one failure after one failure. And hundreds of thousands of people died because of it. And when Trump there blames the incompetence of China for COVID here in the United States, it's once again, Again, more projection of his own incompetence that he refuses to acknowledge. As President Biden says, don't compare me to the almighty. 
compare me to the alternative. <laughs> and it's a, it's a funny line that he repeats over and over again. But the reality is I'd compare President Biden to mostly anyone else out there. I mean, Biden's done an incredible job so far. But I want to talk about President Biden at the White House Correspondents Association dinner because I do want to compare him to the alternative. Let's let's see what Biden says. Don't compare me to the almighty. Compare me to the alternative. So you just saw the alternative. The alternative that you just saw in Donald Trump, that's who the MAGA Republicans want to give the nuclear codes to. That is who they want to make decisions over your life, over your family's life. That's who they want to hold those decisions with, with him. I mean, it's so insane to me to even think about that. But Comparing that to President Biden. Let's go through what went down on the White House Correspondents Association dinner. This is President Biden on Marjorie Taylor Greene. Here, play this clip. I want everybody to have fun tonight, but please be safe. If you find yourself disoriented or confused, it's either you're drunk or Marjorie Taylor Greene. (laughs) That's so good. Here's President Biden on Tucker Carlson. This dinner is one of the two great traditions in Washington. The other one is underestimating me and Kamala. But the truth is, we really have a record to be proud of. Vaccinated the nation, transformed the economy, earned historic legislative victories and midterm results, but the job isn't finished. I mean, It is finished for Tucker Carlson. What do you want about like that? Like, you think that's not reasonable? (laughs) And here is President Biden's takedown of Fox. Play the clip. It's great the cable news networks are here tonight. MSNBC owned by NBC Universal. Fox News owned by Dominion Voting Systems. Your favorite Fox News reporters were able to attend because they were fully vaccinated and boosted. This year, with that $787 million settlement, they're here because they couldn't say no to a free meal. (laughs) And hell, I'd call Fox honest, fair, and truthful, but then I could be sued for defamation. It's really good. It's really it's real. Good. It's strong, real. strong, strong set. Strong. President <laughs> Biden on Ron DeSantis. At Ron DeSantis, I had a lot of Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis jokes ready, but Mickey, but Mickey Mouse beat the hell out of me. Got there first. <laughs> now look, can't be too rough on the guy. After his reelection as governor. He was asked if he had a mandate. He said, hell no, I'm straight. I'm straight. Let me tell you that that joke works on multiple levels and it's what makes it so funny to me because he simultaneously called DeSantis homophobic and stupid with the one line. And that's what's so brilliant about that one. No, it was it was really great. I also like when he was like, you can't be too tough on the guy, you know, even though that was not the actual joke because DeSantis has like the thinnest skin, you know, and it wasn't like the major. (laughs) 
you can't you can't be too tough on that guy. Um, of course, of course, he uh, took out his dark Brandon persona. Here, play this clip. I'm going to uh, turn this over to Roy. Roy, the podium is yours. I'm going to be fine with your jokes, but I'm not sure about dark Brandon. Let's so go. Good. And Let's I, I want to go. go to this one serious uh, moment, though, because it reminded me a lot of the State of the Union. And I'll, I'll explain why after I show mm-hmm. the clip. This was President Biden talking about the importance of the press in general. Play this clip. Let me start on a serious note. Jill, Kamala, Doug, and I, and members of our administration, are here to send a message to the country and, quite frankly, to the world. The free press is a pillar, maybe the pillar, of a free society, not the enemy. Thomas Jefferson wrote, you all know this quote, Thomas Jefferson wrote, we're left to me to decide whether we should have a government without newspapers or newspapers without a government. I should not hesitate to prefer the latter. To Evan's parents, Ella, Mikhail, and Sister Danielle, as I've told you in person, we, not just me, we all stand with you. Evan went to report in Russia to shed light on the darkness that you all escaped from years ago. Absolute courage. A handwritten letter from prison to his family, Evan wrote, quote, I am not losing hope. In an interview, his mom, Ella, said, one of the American qualities that we absorbed is to be optimistic. That's where we stand right now. To the entire family, everyone in this hall stands with you. We're working every day to secure his release, looking at opportunities and tools to bring him home. We keep the faith. And there was a moment there at the end, which is, I think, cut off in the clip, where he then has everybody in the audience give a toast. Um, And the toast was for freedom of the press um, and for the press to tell the truth. And he said, I want everybody here to be committed to telling the truth Mm -hmm. and to not spread disinformation because we're better than that. And everybody ultimately, you know, you know, did the cheers. Now they're not going to, you know, the Foxes and the OANs and the Newsmaxes. They're not going to necessarily comply with that. But I think rallying the crowd like that and galvanizing the crowd was great. It's a little bit of a... uh a state of the union kind of move. Uh, it was what you alluded to before we played totally. the clip of like, let's get everybody on the same page in public, at least for this moment, you know? And it, it's just such a contrast. Obviously we know Trump and these Republicans always refer to the media as, you know, the enemy of the people and use language like that. In fact, there's a clip going around right now that Patriot takes posted and I don't have the clip because the sound is really bad. And it will hurt everybody's ears if I actually <laughs> played it, but it was from this trip to Scotland that Trump did to basically flee the E. Jean Carroll trial to flee the country. And here's a photo from it. You see Trump in his dunce cap, I believe, in the middle of this photo, the most ridiculous photo for the for the people watching. Um, but there's a video that Patriot Takes just posted. If you're not following Patriot Takes, I highly recommend you follow Patriot Takes. They do really good work. Um, and in the video, as Trump's shoveling the dirt, he says, and we throw it at the press, 
right in their faces. We throw it right in their faces. That was uh, today slash yesterday, you know, whatever the time zone is um, in Scotland. And it just shows you how, you know, it's just, it's just so screwed up. It's just such a contrast between leadership and really the fundamental values of what makes America, America. And to me, when you look at that, you, there should not be a both sides there. You know, a, a president, a former mm -hmm. president should not be calling the media, the enemy of the people. They should not be joking about, we throw the dirt right in their faces. That's not becoming of a president. That's completely anti-American. And I was also really interested in seeing the kind of right wing MAGA Republican reaction to the, uh, to the event where they pull the same kind of words out. I mean, you have the really deranged people who go, who, who can't accept their, they can't believe their own eyes because they're told that Biden is a sleepy Joe. Uh, mm -hmm. he can't even get a sentence out. And then they see him coherent and energetic and funny and, and witty and, and lively and engaging. And they go, Oh, it's AI. It's, it has to be AI. It's fake it's Biden. AI. Like, like right. that's like, AI. That, that's like, and, and you know, when I say that's the extremist fringe of the party. I do mean that, but that represents a good chunk of the party. Like it's mm -hmm. not like, like that fringe is a large part that like, it's not a small amount. Then you have the people who just completely like hate on the entire event. They view the whole thing as just, Oh, look at this elitist garbage. It's uniparty. Look, they're all working together. Like they can't, it can never accept the fact that at some times in life, you could actually put aside your differences and share an event and rally around shared good values. Point. They don't oh. at all. Like, and it, whenever they see that it's just uniparty, uniparty, look at them. Look, it's, it's the elitist. They're all working against us. And one example I saw who, uh, you know, it's, sounds stupid when I say it, but it's Cat Turd, who's a Twitter influencer, a MAGA influencer, who has so much clout for the listeners who are like, I'm never on it's Twitter out. or the YouTubers. This guy is like MAGA influencer number one. Like Seriously. Trump, Trump literally quotes his polls that he does on Twitter. Like it's the craziest stuff. Um, and this was like his commentary on it. He said, the White House Correspondents Dinner is everything I hate wrapped up into one event. Highbrow, arrogant elitists from our corrupt government, corrupt media, and soulless Hollywood snobs all glorifying themselves, laughing and yucking it up while they destroy our country from within. Like these people have such brain worms, just such brain rot because of Donald Trump who played to their worst instincts. And usually somebody like that, you'd see those statements and you'd be like, this person nuts. It's like, you know, the person on the street corner screaming at you, just keep walking. Like what, what is happening here? But the Republicans are like, oh, you represent us now. You are who we are. And I think that's why it's so scary kind of where we are right now, because Republicans have adopted that as who they are instead of saying, you know what? I'm not going to deal with your crazy. Like we all have these shared values and we could get together and put our differences aside for the better of the country and on occasion. And Brett, let me just add them. To this. Sorry, Ben, go for it. No, you go. No, no, go. You're going to add on. You, go. Brett. you okay. go, you go, you go, you go. Okay, I'll go. Uh, so Brett, I was just going to take it somewhere where you started that, um, you know, the state of the union and how this really reminded me uh, of that. And that's when you give Biden the mic and allow him to speak just unapologetically, you know, from the heart, uh, he does great. Like he, he really plays to his audience in a really good way. And so before any of the Fox Newses or the cat turds could give out the talking points, the right wing echo chamber just totally spins out and they don't even know what to make of it. Like they can't believe their own eyes because they've told themselves and conditioned themselves that this guy can't speak. 
it just it is not the case go for it brett roy wood to your point had a joke that like exactly aligned with your point where he made i'm paraphrasing but it was something like tucker's not on tv anymore so there are a whole lot of people out there who don't know why they hate you right now <laughs> because they <laughs> they true. really are just sitting back waiting for their talking points to come in to, to fuel their rage and they're fleeing fox right now they're actually leaving to go to all these other networks and we'll get to that because i actually do want to talk a little bit about this the cnn trump event um i know we got a lot to talk about but ben i want to turn it over to you if you want to hit anything else first yeah and again as president biden says don't compare me to the almighty compare me to the alternative and look i don't know about you but i like seeing an event where people are smiling and laughing and having a good time together and not spewing hate when we come back from a quick break i want to show you the alternative I want to show you what Marjorie Taylor Greene was doing and the types of disgusting things that she was saying. I mean, she's talking about Hunter Biden and, and Pornhub, and it is beyond bizarre. We'll talk about that and Donald Trump fleeing the country as another day of testimony took place in the federal courthouse where he's a civil defendant. That and more after this quick break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, it's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need for yourself. Now, I know in my own life, I'm dealing with a lot of different factors, be it family, friends, or even work. And when we spend all our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and frankly, burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. You see, therapy, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries and generally speaking, how to become the best version of yourself. And by the way, therapy, it's not just for those who've experienced major trauma, it's for everyone. Because what you're going through, it matters. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Midas today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Midas today. Thank you. Now let's take a quick break to talk about our next sponsor, Neurohacker Quality of Mind. Now just like you, throughout the course of a workday, we here at the Midas Touch Network, we're juggling a lot of different tasks and assignments. That's why we're so proud to partner with Neurohacker Quality of Mind to keep us focused and improve our memories. A transforming willpower and productivity can in turn transform tons of life habits for the better, from workouts to job performance to life goals. And that's why it's so important to have a sharp memory in today's working environment. Look, we've all misplaced something before and ended up down on ourselves, whether it be our keys or leaving something at work, because like, how, how could we forget that? Well, worry no more. Our sponsor, Neurohacker, combines 28 of the most research-backed nootropic ingredients on earth into the ultimate brain fuel formula, quality of mind. And it's been changing people's lives for years now. For my daily mental health performance and supporting long-term brain health, quality of mind is indispensable. It's so cool to take a health product where you don't have to worry if it's working because, well, it is. Now, I noticed the difference in just days to my focus, my mood, my memory, and my willpower to get things done. The formula, it's non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in each ingredient's effect on mental clarity. 
It's also backed by a 100-day money-back guarantee. So you have almost three months to try Qualium Mind at no financial risk and decide for yourself. See what the best brain fuel formula on earth can do for your mindset. Go to neurohacker.com slash Midas for $100 off. That's only $39 a bottle. And as a listener of the Midas Touch podcast, use code Midas at checkout for an extra 15% off your first purchase. That's neurohacker.com slash Midas to try Qualium Mind with code Midas to experience life-changing mental performance. Good read, Jay. Really good read. Let's go. Really Thanks, man. I appreciate go. it. I, you know, I, I really, I really try hard on those. I, you do, you, you do a great job and I want to let you know, I think you do a, a really good job as the ad guy. Thanks, uh, man. I, I, I use those products and and I would buy them based on, on, on your salesmanship right there. Uh -oh. Okay. Where we, where we last left off, we talked about uh, President Biden at the White House Correspondents Association dinner. We also talked about his line, which is, you know, don't compare me to the almighty. You could compare me to the alternative. It's it's okay. And so when we last left off, we said, let's show you the alternative. So that was President Biden giving an uplifting speech at the White House Correspondents Association dinner. Now, this is MAGA Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene. She is basically the de facto leader of the Republicans in the House of Representatives at this point. She has powerful assignments on the House Oversight Committee, on the Homeland Security Committee. She has one of the most prominent roles for uh, the House Republicans and, and for all members of Congress. I mean, like you don't get more powerful seating assignments than she has. And Kevin McCarthy gave that uh, to her because she's the face of the modern day Republican Party. And so this is the speech that she gave, which is the hate rallies, the disinformation that they spew. It's, it's weird. It's hateful. It is very anti-American. Play this clip. Here's what I found out this week. There is a website, you may or may not have heard about it, called Pornhub. It is a disgusting porn website. As a matter of fact, it should be illegal. I can't even, I don't even know why it exists. But Hunter Biden used to have multiple accounts on this Pornhub pornography sex website. And these aren't accounts where he could go watch pornography these are accounts where he posted his sex videos, like the ones that are on the Hunter Biden laptop. This week, I found out, you wanna know what? He still has an account on Pornhub where his videos are posted. It is still live and active. This is the son of the President of the United States. Hunter Biden is the most disgusting, vile, embarrassment, piece of trash. And that is what is a reflection on our country. And they attacked President Trump and his family. I don't care how people vote, Republican, Democrat, independent, non-political, whatever. That fact right there should be so offensive to every single American that we do something about it. I am very serious when I say we have to impeach Joe Biden. Whoa, 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 whoa. So let me be clear. The fact that she is talking about is that Hunter Biden, if you even accept her allegations as true, 
Hunter Biden watches pornography or he has watched pornography in the past. And on that basis, she says that he is a vile piece of trash. And on that basis, she says that President Biden should be impeached. By the way, if you believe that Hunter Biden committed a crime and there is a federal investigation, and if he committed a crime, I have no allegiance to Hunter Biden, but if his criminal conduct involves something with finances or taxes, fair game, it has nothing to do with President Biden, unlike Donald Trump's kids and son-in-laws who actually made American foreign policy disastrously and made hundreds of millions of dollars during the presidency. But they don't care. That's not what their focus is. They're such perverts, these MAGA Republicans. They are perverted, disgusting individuals. There's no other way to say it. They wake up in the morning. I'll tell you how I wake up in the morning. I wake up in the morning when I think about what type of content I want to make. What do I want to focus on? The things that I think about are jobs. I think about working conditions. I think about equality. You, you wake I, up in the morning and think about jobs and equality. That's very high. I, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm kind of like, ugh, I need some water. Okay, Brad, you, okay. I understand. The, <laughs> I, I made it very clear. I said, when I think about what content. Going, it's like, yeah, equality. <laughs> I say when I, think of, when I think about the content I'm going to be making. Okay, that was in relation to that. I think about the issues. <laughs> think about it. You, you, you agree with that, Jordy? I, I'm not taking. I'm not taking any stance here. I just you're red. doing the pointer, which seems to be taking a stance there. I just, I just want everyone to look at how red Brett's face is right now. Is why I'm, I'm pointing it out. We got young diversity. <laughs> Uh, you, you, so, okay. I'm done. I'm done now. I'm done. Okay. Well, I, I care about the, I, I care about those issues. So I do. When I, when I wake up and I make the videos, I do, I think about those issues when I'm thinking about the content. What the MAGA Republicans think about is genitals and, and they think about like the green M&M and, and they think about like which people they want to harm today and which group they want to hate on today. That's what they think about each each and every day. And again, you want to have a conversation about Hunter Biden. I, I, I don't really want to. I don't really care about him. I, 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 he's not running foreign policy. He's not. By the way, the what, like, listen, when, when people spoke about people like Jared Kushner or Don Jr. or Ivanka Trump, it was because they were embedded within the government and like ran things, had high level positions in the government. It was a complete nepotism issue within the United States government that we've never seen before. When do you just get to go after like random politicians, kids in such a vicious and vile and disgusting way? Like even no matter what it is about, it's it's honestly just a disgusting thing to even target the, the child. I make the this point though. They go, they go, but this is her argument. Hunter Biden is vile trash because he may, he may have had an account on Pornhub. And they go after Donald Trump. Okay, so by your own logic, <laughs> Donald Trump went on to Pornhub and he wasn't content with the video. So he reached out to the person on the video, the porn star, 
while his wife just gave birth to their first son. He had two seconds of sex with her and then paid her off hush money and then falsified business records to claim the hush money payment to her was a legal expense so that his wife wouldn't find out that he had sex with the porn star that he located from pornography movies like while he was running for office. So if you even take her example right there and she's like, I just happened to be on have you heard of this site? <laughs> That's one of the best parts of it. She goes, she goes, she goes I, I don't know. I don't know if y'all have heard of this. By the way, if you ever see the studies too of like what type of porn they're watching in the red states, it all are the things that they project and hate against. Oh, all or all of the things that they want that they claim to want to ban that's what they privately look that's what they i would love like like them, that movie what women want or whatever it was i would love to have like an insight into the minds of everybody in that room which is talking about how horrible Pornhub is and how everyone who has an account is corrupt and just every every every, every dude in that room i want to just have a, a a window into their mind as to what they're thinking I, like I, you definitely see a couple guys in the room over there like kind of look over at their wives like well, I'll tell you what, brother, you're, you're exactly right. Because I'll tell you what, that room fell silent kind of when she was talking about this issue specifically. I mean, and then they're not, like, not, yeah, one applause, not, not one just where's she going with this? Because I got to clear my browser history is what they were thinking when they were watching. And of course, the hypocrisy, there's just no end to the hypocrisy. I mean, we're talking about the woman who had an affair with a tantric sex guru and her gym and the gym manager, like kind of at the same time, uh, got divorced from her husband over these multiple affairs. Now she's with the guy who's on, what is he on? RSBN. By the way, her husband, on. like the husband story actually gets sadder when you realize that he was the one who ran her dad's company. So basically like all the way she made money is that, you know, people don't realize like where'd she come from? She's kind of a trust fund kid too. And people yeah. don't really know that about her. Her dad ran like a real estate or construction company and made a lot of money. And her husband who she cheated on was the one who ran the company for her. And then she ran out with all the money that they had and basically did her whole theatrics where she would, you know, harass the kids who were school shooting victim survivors and, and all of that. And that's how she made a name for herself. So people don't know the origin stories of her and her wealth. Can't but buy that's class. What she did to her. What'd you say? I said, you can't buy class. That's for sure. Can't. And she, all right. So let's go though. So again, you can't compare me to the almighty, but compare me to the alternative. I want to show you, this is MAGA Republican representative, Tim Burchett who uh, was on CNN, one of the last good reporters on <laughs> CNN, Acosta, mm. uh, interviewed him and asked him, why'd you say before that, um, you know, that, that politicians can do nothing about gun violence? Like what, what, and he gave like an even worse answer. And he was like, well, I was just talking about Christian revival. I mean, what, what are you, what are you talking about here? Play this clip. Let me ask you on another topic. We had this another we had another horrific mass shooting down in Texas, as you know, five people killed after they asked their neighbor to quit shooting guns in his front yard. Uh, let's listen to something that you said after the mass shooting in Nashville. And we'll talk about it. We've got evil in this country and 
everybody just needs to tone down the rhetoric a little bit because all that does is gin it up in both sides and then they point the finger and nothing happens because nothing if you think washington's going to fix this problem you're wrong they're not going to fix this problem they are the problem it doesn't continue that other countries don't have this level of gun Other violence. countries don't have our freedom either. Uh, it's the United States of America. My father fought for this country. My mama flew an airplane. My mama lost a brother fighting the Nazis. Dad fought the Japanese. We've got incredible freedom in this country. And when people abuse that freedom, that's what happens. Congressman, getting back to when you were saying that Washington's not going to fix this, a lot of people listen at home to that. And I mean, you, you like to speak, uh, you know, plain English to folks. A lot of people listen to what you just said and said, wait a minute, it is your job to fix this. And it's unacceptable to have mass shooting after mass shooting after mass shooting. Why not fix this? Get together, get together uh, with the Democrats and get it done. Well, it, it happens a lot, Jim. The um, It was cut off a little bit. I I was probably speaking more from a Christian perspective. I also went on and said we need real revival in this country. We've, uh, I feel like we've we've turned from the Lord, and I know that maybe makes people's heads spin off sometimes when they hear somebody like that me say that. But um, it's just the 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 well, lady. But there's Christ, Christianity in other countries, and they don't have mass shootings. Well, they don't have our freedom either. They don't have a Second Amendment that that, and also the um, you know you want. I, what happens what about is that point? Say, well, that take away it, the... But what about that point that you should be the ones to fix it, to say, well, we, we're not going to fix anything here in Washington. Well, it, That's she, your job. Okay. She she broke over 20 laws. What law are you going to do? You know, now you have people that can print guns. Well, maybe don't prevent the laws that ban people from printing guns. I mean, these people, they just don't want to do anything ever. And then they, <laughs> like, th- th- thankfully, Acosta calls out that moron. Like, yeah, well, I do anything but, ever. All right. It's like, well, every, you know, a lot of countries have Christianity. You know, a lot of countries have mental illness. You know, it's not just America. Well, they don't have our freedom. They certainly don't have our freedom here. Uh, and a lot of countries have a lot of freedom. Actually, if you look at the freedom scale, like there are actual reports that judge countries by a level of freedom. The United States doesn't even rank top 10. Like the United States is actually quite far down that list, but it's not freedom to have to worry about going to a grocery store and getting shot. It's not freedom to send your kids to school and worry if they're going to make it home that day. Like that is not freedom. And this whole idea of freedom that they try to spread is just BS. I mean, look at what happened in Texas over the weekend. Mm -hmm. This is an example of Republican freedom, right? There was a shooting, left five people dead in Texas this weekend. And it was like a weird neighbor dispute. The neighbors ask the guy to stop shooting his AR-15 because in Texas, you can just take out your AR-15s and start shooting it because it was scaring the neighbor's baby. And the guy responded by taking his AR-15 and killing five people, including a nine-year-old. That's freedom in Birchett's mind. When you say Birchett quick, it sounds like you're saying bird shit, which I think was. <laughs> which, is which, a, which is a good, <laughs> which, a good comp. Which I think that was, you know, uh, good, good, good job, uh, Lord, on that one. Um, but... <laughs> But and then like Abbott's response on that was just completely cruel and heartless and and ghoulish where he was like five illegal Americans were killed. Like, 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 what are you talking about? Like five people were shot because of your crazy, psychotic gun policies, right? Because you're Texas is the wild, wild west. And these Republican states, gun violence is running wild. And you have the nerve to say the criminal who killed five illegal immigrants and turn this into an immigration issue like that's going to solve it it is just so disgusting the way they pervert these phrases and you know thank 
like we're lucky that we have Acosta on CNN. I think he is the last saving grace on that network. Jordy, I know True. you're you're a big Acosta guy. You want to give an Acosta shout out? Big Acosta shout out. I mean, <laughs> that's exactly how you push back on that type of behavior. This should terrify everyone. That 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 Birchett, I'm trying to say it fast intentionally now. His <laughs> response to that should terrify you. Do you know why? Because that's the best response he came up with to that question after two weeks of him making that statement. You know what I'm saying? Like that, yes. that is bananas that that guy is, is helping to pass laws in this country. And he, meanwhile, he knows he's going on a cost. He's going to get pressed about his stupid comments he made on the steps. And that's what he had. And no, did you notice Christians his first move, Jay? His first move was also to kind of like blame the media for misinterpreting his statements. He was like, oh, well, that happened again. They cut me off. They didn't let, they cut me off again. They didn't let me finish. And Acosta's like, okay, what, what did you want to say? Proceed. It's, it, and then he says it, and then Acosta presses him again. You know, we, you know, other countries are, have freedom, right? You know, other countries have Christianity, right? Well, they don't have our freedom. Oh, okay. I think our freedom isn't quite working out for, for, for people when they get shot up in school. Okay. I don't think our freedom is working out for the women who are being banned from crossing state lines to get an abortion and are being forced to have, be, have pregnancies. I, I, I don't think that is, is freedom in their mind, but CNN right now is also experiencing, you know, its own really sad shift. And we've been noticing this and brothers, you remember like we did a whole expose on this too. When, when the shift happened, you could look up our original YouTube video from maybe over a year ago, or at least months and months and months ago when we spoke about this, but CNN announced for, for those who don't yet know that they will be hosting a town hall with Donald Trump next week. Like you don't have to do that. You know, like there's no reason to do it. But CNN's ratings are absolutely cratering. Like they're they're really they're really horrendous. Like <laughs> honestly, more people watch the Midas Touch podcast than watch most CNN programs. Most people watch a Midas, yeah. more people watch a Midas Touch clip that Ben does throughout the day, or one of our many incredible contributors do throughout the day, than most CNN shows. So they are really suffering right now. They're bleeding viewers, so they think, oh, we'll get Donald Trump on, and he will help us out. I think also cynically. I think they're also kind of looking at the viewers leaving Fox and they're like, this is our chance. We got them. And it's such a misread. Like they misread every situation. Those viewers are not leaving Fox to go to CNN. It's not the normal ones. I'll tell you this. The people leaving Fox, it's not like, oh, well, they had to pay $785 million and whatever it is. And so I no longer trust them. So I'm going to go to a more trustable, centrist news source. CNN, here I come. That's not the mindset of the person leaving Fox. They're not leaving cocaine to go to marijuana. Like they're <laughs> trying to escalate this one to some next level stuff right here. They're not, they're not, they're not down a notch. Yeah, they're trying. They're trying to level up, and uh, that means going to Newsmax or going to Steve Bannon or Marjorie Taylor Greene's podcast. And and you see it. There's a direct correlation because Newsmax's ratings have like doubled. And mm -hmm. while like all the Fox, not even just Tucker's show, but like uh, Hannity's show, Ingram's show, all of them are taking a massive hit. But CNN, in their infinite wisdom, decided that they're going to have this town hall with Donald Trump next week. Mm -hmm. Caitlin Collins is going to be the moderator. I have mixed feelings on Caitlin Collins. I think she has done some good work, some bad work. Um, and, but I think knowing her history is also helpful that she 
for a long time worked for the Daily Caller, which is a website, a far right website founded by Tucker Carlson. And she's been kind of promoted to be like the top person at, at CNN now as they get rid of all these other people, which I think is very revealing in the direction they're going. And Politico is reporting that CNN was actually, uh, CNN was the one who approached the Trump campaign a few months ago. And it was this week that they like rushed to lock the deal down and, and get this locked down, which I think also kind of fits into my theory as A, they're desperate for ratings and they're the ones who are seeking this kind of stuff out. But also after this Fox stuff went down, they're like, this is our chance. And they jumped on it this week and, and, and locked the deal down. And I, I think just everybody needs to know, a lot of people talk about the the Chris Licht guy who's who's the, the head of, of CNN directly. But I think it's important that people know about John Malone, who we spoke about in that video, who is, he's like the key Warner Brothers Discovery board member. He's a massive Trump supporter. He's the chairman of Liberty Media, which is Discovery's largest shareholder. So he's like one of the main owners of CNN. And you got to know this guy's kind of history and this guy's mindset. And I'll bring up a picture of him. Like he kind of looks like Harlan Crow a little bit too, which kind of tells you, uh, you know, even right, all these guys kind of look the same. And he don't, right? Like, yeah, like it, it literally could be, this guy could be Harlan Crow. But this guy donated, to, <laughs> he donated $250,000 to Trump's inauguration. Okay. That's not, that's not like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to support the Republican candidate. I maxed out. <laughs> I maxed out out my, you know, 2,500 bucks or whatever it is. No, he gave $250,000 to Trump's inauguration. His comments about his views on what journalism should be are Fox News. So he looks at all the craziness going on at Fox. He looks at all the new, the, the lawsuits, the, the, the settlements, and he goes, I want, I want me some of that. I want me some of that. He's repeatedly gushed over Fox's style, and I say this incredibly sarcastically, of journalism. And this is a direct quote. He said the U.S. quote, needs Fox News or something like it because otherwise everything's leftist. I think also just the use, like anytime somebody like that uses the word leftist, that sets off a whole bunch of red flags totally. in my mind about where they stand. And he's compared himself to Rupert Murdoch. This is a direct quote again. Rupert is sort of like I am. He's a libertarian, but he thinks we should have a strong military, is what he told the Financial Times in 2017. And according to Vox, he's repeatedly wished in public for CNN to remake itself. And while now he denies that he has a direct impact on what CNN is doing, I think when you are the largest shareholder and owner of the company, I think you have a bit of sway. And when you say publicly that you want to change CNN and change the media into Fox, and that that's your North Star that you look to, I think it tells you everything you need to know. And I think it really explains the shifts that we're seeing right now in CNN coverage. If I were you, I, I would turn off the channel on them. I, I wouldn't even watch. I mean, what? yeah. Well, and you notice how all, all these dudes, sorry, I'll, I'll toss it to a sec, but all these dudes always pull the same move. It's, it's, it's Malone, it's Elon Musk. They always go, what do you mean? I'm just, just the center. I'm in the center. What do you mean? That's the radical left. And all my views are just very centrist, you know, like banning books and, and banning abortion nationwide, like a centrist does. Right. And then the media buys into the spin or they just by the media and, and they push the same spin, mm -hmm. but it's the same kind of lines that like an Elon Musk uses, right? They always pretend like they're what I'm just like a moderate, right? But they're like <laughs> radical. Whenever they say that, that's also a huge red flag. Like you are an extremist, like just admit it. Sorry, Jordan. 
No, no, you're spot on, B. And I'll tell you what, I, I, I've seen the, the mass exodus firsthand from just the Midas Mighty uh, of CNN, leaving CNN in droves. The comments week over week I see in this, this live chat are, I used to watch CNN. I can't watch them anymore. I don't know what happened. It's very Bill Maurian. It's exactly what happened with Bill Maher. He took this weird approach. I fancy a lot of our audience are disgruntled Bill Maher watchers because Frankly, I, I'm one of them. It drives me crazy watching the guy and seeing what the hell is he doing these days? And that is the same exact vibe I get right now from CNN. It, it's complete garbage, just garbage what they're doing. And it's, no, it, it's really a problem. It's a problem. It's, it, and it's so interesting you say that, Jordy, because, yeah, the Fox viewers are now going to OAN. They're now going to Newsmax. They're going to the Marjorie Taylor Greene podcast to get, you know, the Steve Bannon podcast, the Charlie Kirk's. The CNN watchers are coming to the Midas Touch Network, you know, and, and I'll say this, like the views and stuff that we talk about here at the end of the day, it's like, let's just treat people with decency. Let's treat people with humanity. Let's treat people with compassion. Let's focus on like the 99% of Americans out there. That's not to say that, you know, we're against people who are in the 1% at all. Like if you, you know, if, if, if you run businesses, you know, there's great, but like pay your fair share of taxes. There's no reason that the school teacher, the bus driver, the workers should be paying more taxes than the billionaires. And it's just a strange thing to me, um, you know, and, and a complete perversion of what should be the reality of our priorities where, you know, the MAGA Republicans are out there, you know, backed by Fox and these right-wing channels and, and people like who you just discussed, Brett, talking about what they want to cut in order to raise the debt ceiling. And it's like stuff that like crushes people. And meanwhile, what the MAGA Republicans are okay with, they're, they, they love, you know, tax cuts, not just tax cuts for billionaires, but like tax write-offs so that a billionaire who has a private jet or a yacht can basically completely write off the purchase. And so when you wonder, well, what can we do possibly, I don't know, to, to raise more money in the treasury? What's the type of thing that we can do to you know help with the deficit, to help pay off the debt? I don't know, maybe because billionaires can avoid not just paying taxes because of the tax bracket you put them in, which is like the lowest ever in history, but maybe you also let them write off things like private jets and yachts. So when we start having a sensible conversation about spending, we can have a real conversation about that, but you don't tie that conversation to the debt ceiling. That's never taken place before. And then when we have that conversation, when it when we deal with it normally, when it comes to appropriations and tax policy, let's have a real conversation to the public with what you're doing. But no, the MAGA Republicans instead say things like, here's what we need to do. And this is directly from the debt ceiling uh, bill, if you want to call it that even, that the MAGA Republicans are saying, if you don't do these things, 
We will not raise the debt ceiling. You need to eliminate Pell Grants for 80,000 students and reduce grant funding for millions of others. You need to remove access to the Head Start programs and childcare to 300,000 children. We need to cut funding for 2,000 border agents and 11,000 FBI agents. We need to basically reduce veterans care so there'll be 30 million less visits by our veterans. And let's shut down 125 air traffic control towers and let's block Biden's student debt relief plan and let's repeal all of the money given to the IRS. Let's do all of those things. Um, or if you don't do that, guess what we're going to do? We'll destroy the economy. You know that debt ceiling that we have to raise, which is our constitutional responsibility under the 14th Amendment? Screw that. We'll destroy America if you don't do those things. And by the way, as I said, you want to talk about those things in a way. You know, these committee hearings where the MAGA Republicans talk about Hunter Biden's laptop all day and they and they have Marjorie Taylor Greene yell at mothers and say they're not real mothers if they adopt their children. You know what's supposed to take place at those hearings? Conversations about things like spending priorities and things that actually advance our country. But that's not what the MAGA Republicans are doing. Now you have a situation where the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, says, and if the debt ceiling is not raised by June 1st, America defaults on its debt. And then what happens? We go into a global depression. That's not me fear-mongering. That's what will take place. And the easiest way to avoid it, the easiest thing you do is you raise the debt ceiling. When Donald Trump was in office, he said, I can never even fathom that anybody would use uh, tying spending priorities or spending negotiations to the debt ceiling as a negotiating wedge. I cannot fathom that taking place. And so before, Kevin McCarthy and everybody would just raise the debt ceiling, and that's just what she did. By the way, 97% of all debt 97% of all debt was created before President Biden was in office. 25% of all debt uh, that our country's accumulated in its entire history was created by Donald Trump. And with all of that, the debt ceiling, which is how we have to pay off our past spending, it's not about future spending. That's not what the debt ceiling is. Future spending is about appropriations. It's about where money goes to the future. Debt ceiling is about paying our past bills. You know, Kevin McCarthy gives this example. Oh, it's like when your kids raise your credit card, you know, and, and just fill up your credit card with all of these charges. They're like, you better pay it. Kevin McCarthy, in that example, you are the child. You are the child who has run up all of the charges, and then you've now said, well, we're the adult and we're not paying for the charges that you ran up. You ran them up, period, full stop. And by the way, I've done a deep dive. I've read that bill, 320 pages of that bill. You know where the debt ceiling part of that bill? That's the first page right there of it. You know where the debt ceiling portion is? On page 319, 318, 319. It is the very last sentence. You know what the other 318 pages are? All of those cuts that I just discussed. So example, you're seeing right there, Title I, discretionary spending, limits for discretionary category. And as you go in there, it repeals all discretionary spending. <laughs> it says, we hereby repeal all of the money that was allocated. There is another section, there it is right there, rescission of unobligated coronavirus funds. And it talks about, we're going to repeal any unallocated funds that would go to the things like I just mentioned. And it just says it, we are hereby repealing it. 
And so then what do they want to do? They want the veterans to come in and beg them. They want the veterans to come in and say, please, please, we need health care. And then they'll go, nope, sorry, we have other spending priorities. Pull that last one up there as well, Brett, because this last one is congressional review. Part of the bill, when you look through it also, is they basically effectively want to stop President Biden from doing executive orders. So any executive order that could potentially be deemed under this definition a major issue, that an agency can't engage in any action that Biden can't engage in any executive order, that all of that has to be approved by the Republicans in the House of Representatives. It is the mo- like it is more insane that it's bill. The, it's not a serious what? bill. It's 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 a, it's one big poison pill that's designed to be laughed at and mocked and rejected so that they could say, look, we're doing something. Look, we passed something. If only President Biden agreed to our hostage demands, we wouldn't have this problem now, would we? That's like the only that's the only reason that they pushed this bill through. And now we're learning that President Biden has, in fact, reached out to Kevin McCarthy today and to the four major congressional leaders, including uh, Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer and Hakeem Jeffries, to discuss the debt ceiling because we are now one month away from a potentially catastrophic default on the debt which would crash the global economy. They are playing a game of chicken and Republicans are taking an absolutely unprecedented stance right now. And they are putting our country at risk. They are threatening our veterans to do it. They are threatening those who rely on programs the most to do it. It is an absolute disgrace. And their move when they are called out on it is to go, lie. It's a lie. Like if you look at the House Judiciary GRP account, it looks like Marjorie Taylor Greene at the State of the Union. It just says lie, lie. And then you see everybody call them out in the comments. But that's all they have. It reminds me, though, of when Rick Scott went on to Fox uh, and and had uh, what's the host name who called him out and said, it's in the plan, man. It's in the plan. It's not a Democratic talking point. It's in the plan. And I could say the same thing right now to Republicans. Listen, you could say, oh, lie, Democratic talking point, this and that. It's in the plan. You put it in writing. No one is buying your BS. Couldn't agree more with you. Let's talk about Donald Trump uh, fleeing the country while he's on trial in the E. Jean Carroll case. Couldn't be further (laughs) from the courthouse. I mean, how cowardly can you be? And the contrast between Donald Trump fleeing the country and E. Jean Carroll courageously giving testimony couldn't be in starker contrast. Let's talk about that right after this quick break. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner. Hold on. Plastic. It's everywhere. It's everywhere we look and not enough is being done about it. 100 billion plastic bags are used and then thrown away every year. Yeah, that plastic bag you see in the gutter or floating in a stream or washed up on the beach, multiply that by 100 billion. Yikes. Am I right? But there's a better way and it could start with a better bag. Hold On is a company born from the idea that there must be a better way to go about our daily chores. Now, trash bags and kitchen bags, they're necessary staples, but do they need to be 100% plastic? 100% no! Hold On trash and kitchen bags are heavy-duty, plant-based, non-toxic, and 100% home compostable, which means they break down in weeks, not decades, without filling up our landfills or polluting our oceans. 
Hold On wants to be part of the growing movement away from single-use plastics, which, if you ask most experts, is the single worst kind of plastic. At every stage, production, disposal, decomposition, plastic bags are doing harm to our earth, our water, and even our bodies. Hold On is absolutely amazing. One, they're a woman-owned, woman-founded company. Two, the Hold On bags are incredibly durable and sleek. It's so good to know that what I'm using is plant-based, non-toxic, and 100% home compostable. To shop plant-based bags and replace single-use plastics all over your home, visit holdonbags.com Midas or enter Midas at checkout to save 20% off your order. Sustainability has never been more simple. That's H-O-L-D-O-N bags dot com slash Midas, M-E-I-D-A-S, or enter Midas to receive 20% off your order. Small things can lead to lasting change. If we stop and say, hold on. Thank you, Hold On, for sponsoring this episode. Let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Zbiotics. Now, if you're like me, you've probably skipped a workout because of drinks the night before. Like, it happens. But if you're committed to your healthy routine, you need Zbiotics. Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. It's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut where you need it most. Just remember to drink Zbiotics before drinking alcohol, drink responsibly, and get a good night's sleep to feel your best tomorrow. Now, I can't lie, after we hit 1 million subscribers, I may have partied a little bit too much that night. But luckily, I knew I had Zbiotics. Now, as instructed, I drank a bottle of Zbiotics before any alcohol, and I was amazed at just how good I felt the next day. Give Zbiotics a try for yourself. Go to zbiotics.com slash Midas to get 15% off your first order when you use Midas at checkout. Zbiotics is backed with a 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, head to zbiotics.com slash Midas and use the code Midas at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode. So Donald Trump was on trial in federal court in Manhattan in Eugene Carroll's case, but Donald Trump conveniently picked this week to go to Scotland and Ireland, and there he is with a shovel in the middle of nowhere, I, I suppose near one of his other golf courses, though. Like, it just shows you how contrived this is because, like, he clearly did not have to be there today for that event. Like, he was scared to be there in court. He was scared to be anywhere around her, and he wanted to give an excuse to his followers about why he wasn't going to be in trial. So he posted, we'll be leaving for Scotland and Ireland soon in order to see and inspect my great properties there. Like that's what he has to say to his people. No, you are a coward. You are afraid to be in a room with Eugene Carroll. Let's just be clear. The golf courses and hotels are among the greatest in the world. Turnberry and Aberdeen in Scotland and Doombag out in Ireland. We'll be meeting with many wonderful friends and cutting a ribbon for a new spectacular second course in Aberdeen. Very exciting despite the fact that it it is make America great again. That is on my mind. In fact, America will be greater than ever before. You know, and it's always such projection too. When he goes, will always be on my mind. He's just thinking about the E. Jean Carroll case. And so, but that's look, he came up with a fake reason. He's a coward. 
He's being sued for something very, very serious. He's not showing up. And not only is he not showing up, he wants to get the hell out of the country. And so he basically threw it to Takapina, and Takapina filed this ridiculous motion for a mistrial that we said that was coming here. I said, look, here's what he's doing with all of these pretrial filings. He's trying to basically blow up the case, file a motion for mistrial. Um, it's it's never going to work in front of Judge Lewis Kaplan because it's just utter nonsense. I'll tell you about what the motion for that's Judge Lewis Kaplan there for those watching and for those on audio. We're showing a photo of what Judge Lewis Kaplan looks like. Mad Kaplan. Kaplan. Kaplan's no nonsense, uh, Kaplan. Um, but when Takapina entered court today, I want to show you first how he was greeted and how E. Jean Carroll was greeted. Here, play this clip. Shame on you. Shame on you. Okay, can you just play the just the Takapina part? You could stop right over there. Just play the tacky when they call him tacky Takapina, and like you. I wish I could keep Ben's face on the screen when they say tacky Takapina, because if you look at Takapina's face. He gets like like he's really annoyed by it. Like, you really, like it really like you're it really so gets right. you're so right. That, that's the funniest part about it is that they're so under his skin and he's so annoyed. And and when they go tacky tacapina and you watch his face, and he's like, <laughs> it's just a funny way to enter like your place of work for the day. Here, play this clip. Shame on you. If if you if you had a rough day to work today at work today, at least your day didn't start off like that. <laughs> but look, Takapina, you know, he's where look, here's what I think about lawyers generally. You know, I think that a lawyer who is representing a client in many instances should not be conflated with the client. 100 percent Unless the lawyer conflates himself with the client yep. and acts like the client. So at some point, a lawyer can say, I'm representing the client. I have a job to do. And at that point, I'm okay. If, if a lawyer represents someone who's accused of a serious crime, that is embedded in our constitution. And everybody has a right to a criminal defense lawyer. They have a right to counsel. And I, I think that uh, being a lawyer is an honorable profession, even if you represent people who are accused of doing bad things and people who do bad things. I draw the line where you represent people who are one trying to overthrow our democracy because then you're trying to overthrow our constitution, right? It's kind of like when Donald Trump tries to invoke immunities like executive privileges, the way President Biden's like, no, you don't get to try to overthrow our constitution, then invoke our constitutional protections. So that's, that's number one to me. And number two, when you as the attorney act like the client, and you go on and you basically assume that persona and not defend the client so much as act like the client. And I think that's how Takapina has behaved. And, and then people go, you know, it's interesting because when the Ghislaine um, Maxwell trial took place, right, no one attacked her lawyers. But you know why? Because Ghislaine was there. 
<laughs> she, she showed up every day to court. Um, and it's a criminal case. And you civil- didn't see the attorneys saying just terrific things to the media every day and, yep. and putting on this ridiculous bravado and just being disgusting. Like I do believe, and I think it is an American belief that everybody has a right to the attorney, no matter how horrific your crimes attorney, are. I better believe it. You better believe that, right? <laughs> you, ha- you have to. But I think your point about them taking on the persona of their client and then going on these TV networks, spreading this disinformation, bloviating, I, I think that's where I draw the line. And you could go on TV and, and discuss the case and put out as powerful of a, as the, a defense that you can. That's your job right? It's your job to defend your client. And I have respect for that. But what people like Joe Takapina are doing, what people like Alina Haba are doing Mm -hmm. is so beyond the pale of what an attorney should do. And you should notice like in in Trump's uh, case with the Manhattan DA, it's not like we're sitting here ragging on Susan Necklace. Most people listen to the show (laughs) probably don't even, right? Probably don't even know her name because she is quietly doing her job of representing Donald Trump. And that's okay. It's honestly okay. Uh, that's that's how it should be. But she's not going on TV and saying, oh, it's all fake news. The media's a liar. You're a liar. You know, like she's not pulling that stunt. And, and once you start doing that to me, you lost all my respect. I will not defend you at all. And I frankly think you are demeaning the entire profession and, and making it look horrible. Mm-hmm. The Susan Necklace example is a great one because she's Donald Trump's criminal defense lawyer. No one knows who she is. I wouldn't even, I would, I mean, I know who she is. And if you've watched Midas Touch Network, you probably know who she is, but most of the public doesn't know who she is. I wouldn't even think about, you know, at this point, like, why would I go after Susan Necklace? Like, it would be a weird attack for me to be like, she represents Donald Trump. What a loser to do that. Because the reality is, is that Donald Trump's, you know, been charged with crimes. He should have a lawyer. He should have competent counsel. But if Susan Necklace were to go on TV and start acting like a complete buffoon, like Takapina acts, like like Taki Takapina. How many times do you think he's gotten that? I mean, it it really, it really penetrated. I'm going to one up, I'm going to one up, I'm going to one up your comment, Jay. How many times has Takapina gotten it? Versus how many times has Ben watched that video today? <laughs> it, it it really makes it it really makes me crack up. And there's so many nuances of it. Just how he walks in and he's angry and he filed this horrific motion and he knows that Donald Trump just fled to Scotland and he's got to show up there and cross. <laughs> and then they greet him and they're like, "Shame on you, Tacky Tacapina!" And it's such a it's a great nickname. I wish I came up with that one. Michael Cohen has some nicknames for him, which can't be repeated here, but you can watch political beatdown to look at those. So here's the motion for mistrial that was filed by Taki Takapina early in the morning. He said that uh, here's why the judge needs to throw out the case and declare a mistrial. One, he says that the judge, he blames the judge. He says the judge mischaracterized the smart plaintiff. He said, two, the judge bolstered the testimony of plaintiff. He said, three, the judge allowed plaintiff to testify that defendant has two tables of lawyers at trial while prohibiting defendants from fairly clarifying the improper argumentative uh, uh, to, to clarify the record by showing that plaintiff has a comparable amount of lawyers. 
for continuously sustaining improper argumentative objections of plaintiff's counsel as to questions using a well-established and accepting looping method of cross-talking about cross-examination permitted the testimony of Natasha Stoinoff without any voir dire of the witness. By the way, as of the time of this, Natasha, the time he filed this, Natasha Stoinoff hadn't even testified yet. Um, and so Natasha Stoinoff is somebody who um, alleges that Donald Trump groped her and basically pushed her against a wall when she was a People magazine reporter and she was writing a story about her relationship, about Donald Trump's relationship, rather, with Melania while she was seven months pregnant. Donald Trump said, come into the room and then pushed her against the wall and groped her and tried kissing her. Um, and so she's allowed to testify about what's called Me Too evidence, even before the Me Too movement. It was called Me Too evidence, where people, other victims of somebody who's accused of sexual assault can testify of a pattern and practice of their behavior if certain threshold standards uh, are are met. But like when you look into it, like he's like complaining that E. Jean Carroll talked about like that they had a lot of lawyers there. Like, like what, what, what is he even like whining about? And one of the issues that he complained about is that um, he tried to insinuate that E. Jean Carroll hates all men because in her satirical book, she talks about or the satirical moment in the book, she talks about sending all men to Montana and retraining them. So he basically goes, okay. And at one point, this is a, the cross exam. At one point, I think in your book, you propose we should dispose of all men. And she answers, yeah, into Montana. And he thinks like he's got her, right? He's like, question into Montana answer. And she goes, yeah, and, and retrain them. Question. So retrain. So all the men here in this courtroom, in this country, all get shuffled off to Montana and get retrained. So at that point, he thinks that he's got this moment because there's, I think, six men on the jury. Um, and so that's why he's bringing up this questioning, which, by the way, E. Jean Carroll's lawyers probably should have objected to because it was prejudicial and nonsensical to begin with. It has nothing to do with anything. But I think E. Jean Carroll's lawyers realized that, like, he's digging a deeper hole and he's a professional rape stepper. Because then E. Jean Carroll said, like, and, and this was like perfect. Per she's like, you do understand that that's satire, right? And then he goes, ah, ah, okay. <laughs> and then court to try to bring some levity to the moment because Takapina looks like an idiot and just get Takapina to move on to the next topic because the very nature of this cross-exam is stupid to basically use satire to claim she hates men. The court goes, ah, like as a joke, he the court to bring levity. was like, it comes from Jonathan Swift's A Modest Proposal 700 years ago, right? And E. Jean Carroll was like, yeah. And the court's like, all right, let's Well, move. it also let's does come from Jonathan Swift's A Modest Proposal. Like, read Jonathan Swift's A Modest Proposal. It is a satirical uh, essay that is, that is about that. It's about the poor. It's about the aristocracy. It's about the attitudes towards the poor of the rich. And it's known as being this piece of literary genius, uh, one of the top satirical works in the entire English language that, you know, through satire suggests that the impoverished Irish people could ease their economic troubles by selling their children as food to the rich. So that's what E. Jean is playing off of in her book. It's a reference to- That's what her book's post. called. Her book is called, What Do We Need Men For? A Modest Proposal. 
And so what Takapina claims prejudiced their whole case such that they need a mistrial was that the judge almost, this is what the implication was, that the judge kind of ran to E. Jean Carroll's defense and basically like supported her statement that it comes from Jonathan Swift's, like almost coached her and helped her. And it's like, that's the title of her book. And the judge was just doing that to actually help you, Takapina, because you just got like humiliated by E. Jean Carroll, who just said, like, you realize I was joking, right? I don't believe that we should deport all men to Montana and retrain them. Like, you get that, right? And that was like one of the main points that he wants to make. And he also complained and whined that the judge uh, while not in the jury's presence, called out Donald Trump and Eric Trump for posting all of those things on the first day of trial, calling the trial a scam and a witch hunt and all the ridiculous things that they say in violation of court order. So, th so this is how the judge dealt with the motion for mistrial. Um, court is now in session. All rise for the Honorable Judge Lewis Kaplan. <laughs> Judge Lewis Kaplan goes, counsel, I'm denying your motion. You may ask your first, you may ask your question to the witness. <laughs> it was just like that. That's what went down. Didn't even, I'm denying your motion. Eight, an 18 page motion just denied like that. So good. Yeah. I mean, the motion, all those words on those 18 pages basically boiled down to judge you're being mean to me and attacking the judge, which is just a real stable genius move, folks, to uh, to attack the judge to try to declare a mistrial. But those are the kind of people we're working with. And once again, that's why I am highly critical of Joe Tacopina or Tacky uh, Tacopina, as the people Tacky. in New York are, are calling him. I'm, I'm hearing it too all around here. Many <laughs> people are saying Tacky Tacopina. But yeah, I mean, look, there there's some in the comments saying what they're trying to do is set up an appeal. Yeah, true. You know what? what but they're always going to do that. Like mm -hmm. th that's their entire game. They're going to try to do anything they can to say we've been treated unfairly. Donald Trump is a victim. So unfair. He had to go to Scotland. And it's like, look, he was too big of a coward to even show up to his own trial. And instead, he created some pretextual reason for why he was going to Scotland. And Brett, speaking about these foreign trips, I mean, just looking back at like whatever this DeSantis thing was and realizing that he spent over $600,000 of taxpayer money because his whole claim- Dude, on just the flights, on just the, like that's not including everything else. That's not including the personnel. He took that's that Harlan Crojet, that Bombardier. He did. Yeah, that was one of the jets he actually took. He took a bunch of private jets. He traveled around the, the country to random cities. He traveled around the world. And for what? Just to get humiliated? Like the, just the meatball hopping around the world, <laughs> getting humiliated in every single country he went to? So he took, though, the most fanciest jet that's out there on the market, the Bombardier 5000. Like what could he have done? I don't know you work in the government like you, you could take a commercial flight mm -hmm. like you know you could have your secret service you could take you're a public servant man. you're a public servant and, and and again here's the thing like when when a when you have the clarence thomas debate and i had this debate with some of my students at the law school some of the undergrad students i said look if clarence thomas wants to retire and he wants to fly on a bombardier 5000 and 
He works with wealthy people that want to fly him around, and that's part of his job as a private citizen. He, he could do that. He, I, I'm, I, he, I'm not criticizing the fact. Let me, I, let me just I, say I, I one don't, thing. I, I don't think the people would be as friendly with him if he was not Supreme Court Justice uh, Clarence Thomas, <laughs> and therein lies the problem. And exactly, you know. But here's the thing: there are certain positions where you are called the honorable this or that. He's called the honorable. He wears a robe. People rise for you, okay? Because you're supposed to be honorable. So be honorable. You don't get to eat your, have your cake and eat it seven. Like you could just be a judge. It's a very respectable profession. You are the Supreme Court. You've reached the highest level. And you could demonstrate humility. By the way, if you want to be a wealthy Wall Street banker and fly around in private jets, it'd be, you know, I'm okay with that. I think we should change our tax policies, though, to make it fair. I mean, uh, when I talk about the the total write-offs on, on private jets, I, I don't think that's a fair situation. But nonetheless, I think that if you're a wealthy person, go, go for it. But to your point, Brett, you're not acting honorable. Like... At this point, DeSantis, you are a public servant. That's your job. Mm -hmm. So now, while people in Florida are, are, are going through real issues and systemic generational problems, he's going to create, and other Republicans are going to, you know, for these eight years of like damaging Republicans, I mean, damaging the state, the Republicans there are going to like blame once a Democrat comes into power. Right, because the Republicans are going to see what's going on. I mean, the the state rather is going to see what's going on with the Republican Party, and they're going to be like, "Yeah, he screwed it up," and then they're going to blame the Democrat for it. Like, look, the insurance policies are bad at all. The Democrat did it. Like, that's their go-to move. It's like you're destroying the state. People have to flee your state because it's hateful now. And sure, are people coming into the state because like you have policies where you don't collect taxes and you don't do any? Yeah, that's and it's Florida. It's a it's a beautiful state. Like it's objectively beautiful. So you do that, and then you don't charge people taxes. Then you go look what the great work I'm doing. It's like oh, <laughs> is it? I'm not so sure. Yeah, I mean, people in Florida are really suffering, and I've been reading a lot of stories about people who got there with those promises from these Republicans. So look, come to this, you know, bastion of freedom and lower taxes, and now they're there, and they have to push back their retirements. They have to take multiple jobs. Uh, they're having real trouble and are really struggling because this insurance. Crisis crisis especially has gotten really bad in Florida. And I know any of our listeners from the state could attest to that, that rates have just completely skyrocketed, in some cases, doubling, tripling, quadrupling. Some insurance companies just completely left the market. They're like, we're not even in this. And then you put that with all the other autocratic fascist policies that DeSantis is implementing every day. And a lot of people are like, oh man, like I'm really regretting this. What the heck am I doing? And so while all that suffering is going on, you have DeSantis running his shadow presidential campaign. We also have the bobblehead moment. I wish I had the clip right now. The bobblehead moment, I believe it was in Japan, when he was asked a simple question about his falling poll numbers, he probably should have had a, a, a decent response chambered. Instead, he gave a very awkward uh, response, which will live in infamy. Then he had the outburst in Israel when he was asked about his military record in Guantanamo Bay, where he like snapped at the reporter. Um, then when he was in Israel- Museum of the, Tolerance. At the Museum, Museum of, of Tolerance, tolerance. To, to top it off. No love him knows. 
then he like went to the Western wall and he, he put on a yarmulke and he was like, had his like, like a campaign insignia. He had his name on it, uh, which is just kind of weird and offensive. And, and it's just so performative. And this is also like, let, let's, you know, let's backtrack. This is the guy who like refuses to condemn Nazis in a state who's banning books, who's pushing all these autocratic policies. Mm -hmm. And he has the nerve to act like he's goes to Israel and look, you know, Jewish people, I'm in Israel, even though it's really a play to his evangelical base there. Um, but it's just so transparent, uh, you know, what, what he's doing and what, you know, a lot of these politicians uh, do. I just want to say this too, though. I mean, when you look at where DeSantis took that photo op from, I mean, that was the Western wall, right? I, when, when, when you look at that, maybe people don't know, that's a very like important area, uh, within Israel. And so when you see him basically campaigning, wearing a yarmulke or a kippah that says DeSantis on it, that should really, I mean, it boils my skin when I saw that. Oh, it's, it's so fake. He went to the UK also, and like the reviews couldn't have been worse. Like, I, I don't understand how you go on a trip that's this important and just completely fumble the ball at this level. I'm going to read you some quotes of some of these UK business leaders said. I mean, it's, it's like unbelievable how bad that he actually was in this. So he met with these titans of British industry. It was co-hosted by Lloyd's of London, which is the largest insurance marketplace, uh, Perhaps they could use some help uh, in Florida because Florida, they have no insurance in Florida. But he's meeting with the insurance people overseas. And to say they were unimpressed with Ron DeSantis is a complete and utter understatement. Here are some quotes. Horrendous. Low wattage. <laughs> like, I love low wattage. Just calling him like low wattage. Uh, DeSantis looked bored and, quote, stared at his feet. Another noted, and this is pretty vicious. Nobody in the room was left thinking, quote, this man's going places. <laughs> you know, but they go outside of their bubbles and they get exposed. And it's one of the reasons why I like to Low cover. Wattage. It's one of the reasons I, I like to cover these congressional hearings because, again, we call these MAGA Republicans professional rake steppers because when they're finally there and they have to like discuss things and and have normal conversations like they're not behaving like normally like setting aside behaving as like leaders which is what they're supposed to be doing like their behavior is abhorrent to civilized society mm -hmm. when you are holding a hearing where your very essence of it is to spread some COVID disinformation that the head of the teachers union is responsible for uh, school shutdowns and not the actual global pandemic and not Donald Trump mishandling it. But where you spend your time, where you're supposed to ask questions in this already performative disinfo filled hearing, telling the witness, a mother of an adopted child that she's not a real mother because she has a son through marriage or a child through marriage that that's not that's not that's like that's just really mean like that's really evil like that's not what that's not the way normal people behave and if you behave that way in any other setting other than in the MAGA Republican party rightfully so you wouldn't have your job and that's not, and, and the MAGA Republicans are always like, well, the Democrats, they do, they hate my First Amendment rights. You know, no, 
the, the First Amendment is about, it's about the government coming after people for their speech. Even then, through a strict scrutiny lens of the government's actions, where the speech becomes criminal, inciting violence, then the government could have a legitimate interest in dealing with it. But that's not what we're talking about, right? What we're talking about is actually not the First Amendment. It's actually being a good human, right? And what MAGA Republicans are being called out for are just basically being assholes and being jerks and being hateful people. There's this article that we posted, which is basically says, you know, maybe becoming president takes more than just being a dick. And that's not a First Amendment issue. The First Amendment issue is my freedom of speech, our freedom of speech to criticize you for saying hateful things. If I'm walking around in a department store, and the person in the department store is out there screaming at the top of their lungs anti-Semitic things and, and, and Nazi chants and, um, and just discriminatory, hateful things. You're in a, you're in a department. I, I could say, stop it. What are you doing? And that's not a violation of your First Amendment rights when I want to hold and ben, you. Ben, it's also not quote, the Democrats, which is how they always frame it. Like they want to be able to go into that department store, go into that convenience store and say something homophobic or say something racist or just be the worst possible version of themselves. And then the second anybody comes back and says, hey, man, that's not cool. Like, like tone it down. Like that's, listen, that's not cool. And they go, the Democrats are canceling me again. It's like, dude, I'm not speaking to you as a Democrat. Most people don't walk around like Mike Pence and go, I'm a Christian. I'm a conservative. I'm, they're just like, dude, I'm a person. Like I, like I'm here. Yeah. Like I, I love my family. Like I have a wife, I have kids. Like I'm trying to live like, like yeah, I just want to have, like, like, maybe I just, have a barbecue, dude, maybe yeah, go dude, to the movies. Just want to buy a sandwich, dude. Like get in my way. Like they're not like, here I am putting on my Democrat hat to yell at you for your racist stuff. Here I come to cancel you. It's like, no, just stop being a dick. And, and the, the thing that's <laughs> happened over the past few years that Trump really enabled and brought out. And of course it always existed, but Trump greenlit it so that this is the way forward for Republicans is that everybody thinks that they have the right to be a dick, as that article says, without any consequence. But that actually goes against this whole First Amendment free speech argument. It's actually the opposite of what they say, because the First Amendment doesn't end with you because I have a right and everybody else has the right to tell you that you are wrong. Everybody has the right to go, dude, that's not cool. And that's not you being canceled. That's you being rightly criticized. And that's okay, but don't act like you're some victim at the end of the day. Well, you got like Elon Elon Musk, you know, who goes on Bill Maher, and he's like, you know, the uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, the 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 woke mind virus that is infecting all people it, it is it what i'm trying to uh bill Ma what i'm trying to say is that uh, we all have a for that the demo the woke mind virus is trying to stop everybody's first amendment rights and then bill maher's like brilliant i'm like what the hell it's like mark, 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 mark Levin. he throws him a mark levin 
Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've talked to Supreme Court justices. <laughs> I've talked to. I'm like, what the, f- the hell was that? I'm like, that's just that's what the, what what in the world was that? And, uh, and, and basically, all they're trying to say is they want to platform the most hateful people, and then they want no accountability when normal, decent people are like, that's freaking disgusting. Like, what is what what is he? What do they want to post? Like, what they desperately want to post is sex shaming pictures, the types of posts that um, Elon Musk wants to post, like these like these like really kind of gross images that are like borderline pornographic, but sexual harassing pornographic like anime memes that he posts on that he posts on his social media account. And then when people are like, yeah, that's why you're the you're the CEO of this company. Like, why are you posting oh, the woke, the woke, the mind virus? No, it, we're just saying stop being weird, man. Stop posting that stuff. You know, I, I have a right to say that's not normal. Please just stop doing it. You could keep going. But the First Amendment kicks in when the government comes in and says, you can't do that. And by the way, do you want to know when the government said you can't do that? In October of 2020, I know you like to say that that was Biden, but guess who was the government there? Donald Trump. And guess what the Trump administration would do? Actually, when they use the government, they would use the government to reach out to Twitter if there was a mean post about Donald Trump and they would tell Twitter to take it down. The only post that Biden said take down was a post in the campaign Senate of a sex shaming weird video of Hunter Biden having consensual sex because the MAGA Republicans going back to the outset are obsessed with that. So I want to take people out, though. This is what they're talking about. So this is is Ronna McDaniel, whose real name is Romney, but she doesn't call herself Romney because that makes Donald Trump upset. And this is what she talks about when she's being interviewed. You'll notice what she says. She goes, Democrats are trying to ban people and freedom of thought. It's their talking point. That's exactly what we were just saying. I want to quickly ask you about cultural issues because we've got some new polling on this. On the issue of um, trans issues, Polling higher is um, people are more worried voters are about attacks on trans families than they are about trans people competing in sports. When asked about issues involving schools, the top concern you can see here was book banning. Now there's word major uh, donor to the GOP, Peter Thiel, is unhappy and is going to hold his money out because he doesn't like these debates about abortion and trans and bathrooms and all of that. Um, Are you worried that these cultural issues are hurting the GOP? Well, one, the Democrats are using this word book banning. You're seeing it a lot. You saw on Biden's launch. That's a lie. There isn't book banning. What Republicans are doing are protecting our children and parental rights and saying five-year-olds shouldn't be reading sexually explicit material. Ron DeSantis went in, in front of cameras and read some of these books, and the news stations had to go away because the material was so explicit. But now we know their game plan, right? Um, we can have a conversation about issues. And really what it is about is parents should have a say in what's happening with our kids. And I think most Americans support that, but it's good to know the Democrats' playbook, and we're going to push back on that, especially coming from a Democrat party that is banning uh, freedom of speech, that is canceling people, that is destroying your life if you don't think with their orthodoxy. This is a, a Democrat party who is saying, if you think outside of the box of everything we are dictating to you, we will make you lose your job, we will destroy you. Um, so they're banning people. They're banning freedom of speech and freedom of thought. Republicans are protecting children. Yeah, I mean, it, it sums it up right there that they're banning people. If 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 you if you say things that go against the orthodoxy, well, if you say things that are spreading Russian propaganda 
it's not a democratic thing to call you out and go, uh, why are you saying the Putin lies? Like, why, like, why are you doing that? Like, if you're out there spreading COVID disinformation, you know, civilized or if you're going outside in a restaurant or whatever and are harassing somebody because they're gay or because they're transgender, guess what? You're the jerk in that situation. And most Americans are against that. And Rana was confronted with an actual problem that it's her job to fix there. Most Americans, and it's actually an important point that was brought up to her, most Americans actually think your attacks on the transgender community are hateful and they're actually stand against it. So you want to make this the crux of your campaign going into 2024? And then she deflects and she tries to take charge of the narrative by spreading that same BS, which is what we've been speaking about over the last few minutes. So I'm not going to belabor those same <laughs> points. But, you know, the Republicans did an autopsy and I encourage people to also you know, look up the, there was a Washington Post article about it because it's just so, it's so peak MAGA, so peak GOP 2023, this autopsy, because it's designed to figure out everything except what the actual problems are for the Republican Party. Like it does not even mention because they don't want to offend him, doesn't even mention Donald Trump once, doesn't even mention that extremism, not one time. About abortion, you know what the conclusion they came to with abortion? I'm not making this up. You can read that. Once again, it's in the plan the autopsy that they put together for why Republicans didn't do so great in the last elections was, oh, we need to talk more about abortion. Maybe people just aren't hearing our opinion enough on abortion. We got to speak more. Like they, they are so deranged. They're so out of touch. And the only ways that they could win is by cheating, by rigging the maps and by clawing away at democracy. And so that's what we see them doing every single day because they have no other way to win in this country. I really don't know, Ben, if we could end on a higher note than an unexpected Elon Musk impression. I mean, what do you guys think? I think that, that was, was I, I, I didn't I, even know I was going to do the Elon Musk impression, like, even as I was been, doing it. Have you been it, practicing sure. that impression? It's a pleasant surprise. I'm, well, I saw the clip of him and I yeah. was like, I watched it on Bill Maher. It was like literally just what I did. And and it made no sense. He really, at the end of kind of all the ums and ahs, really only said three words, woke mind virus. Mm -hmm. And and then Bill Maher was like, great point. Great. And listen, I think, exactly I, honestly, I, I, we wanted to toss out the internet and start over because I, I think some people are just so terminally online and are just so in their computers and on Twitter and on, on the internet all day. And I think Elon Musk is one of those people and Marjorie Taylor Greene is one of those people that they think when they say things in the real world, like the woke mind virus, that people don't <laughs> look at them like, are you, what the <laughs> frick are you talking about, dude? That's a really good point. It's a really good point. Yeah, people don't, yeah, like, and and that's, I saw one of the comments which basically says, okay, I, I, I love the show, but what can I do to kind of reach out to all of these people? How do we get them to listen? First, I'll say this. Right now, the Midas Touch Network is, if you look at all of our views on digital, it does get more views than Fox. It does more videos, more views than any of these right-wing networks, kind of period, full stop. So to me, it is important to get the message out to a lot of people. I, I believe a lot of people need to hear the message. But ultimately, it also is what is the message. And, you know, I frequently get asked, you know, well, you know, Ben, did you ever know you wanted to run like a political media company? And ultimately, my answer is I don't feel it's political. And I know that sounds strange. 
but I, I, I really don't. Like I don't, for all of the political videos, quote unquote, I do, I don't feel like a political person. And there's people like, Ben, you need to run for office. I see in the comments and I appreciate that, but that's not really what I want to do. <laughs> I, I, I really like, I really like doing this. And I think a lot of the views that we share here, I don't think should be political. Like, I just think let's treat all humans decently. Let's have intelligent conversation. Let's try to solve problems. Let's try to focus on issues that are really important to American people. Like, let's be fair. Let's make sure people have good working conditions. And let's focus on the fact that we want people to have jobs. I don't want people struggling paycheck to paycheck. Let's try to figure out those problems. I'm open. I'm open to solutions. It doesn't always have to be a democratic solution, but when I ask the Republicans, hey, what's your solution? Great M&M, Mr. Potato. And I'm like, oh, that's not a solution. You're just freaking saying woke mind virus. You're saying random things. That's not a solution. Like I'm open to if there's a constructive solution. Like uh, we, we could have that conversation. I, I guess I care about equality. I, I want to make sure women can control their own bodies and not have big government and people like Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump control their bodies. Like, to me, that shouldn't be like, oh, well, that's embodied in the Democratic Party. That should be embodied in America. And then we could have different ways of how we achieve those goals and hopefully have normal conversations and we're not screaming at each other and ultimately solve the problem. So as I like to think about it, how, how do we how do we you know, reach out to Americans? We should just talk like Americans. We should talk like human beings. Mm -hmm. we, should just, we, should, we, should, we should just talk like people who, who care about character, right? Who care about decency. And if people are repelled by that, you'll expose them. If that angers the people, then, then call them out. What I am ultimately confident about is that there are, and I truly feel optimistic, it's not just the glass half full mentality. I truly believe that there are significantly more people who care about love and compassion and decency and intelligence than people who are MAGA Republicans who hate. I, I truly believe that. So I think what we have to do is we have to orient the media around really those views, those commonalities. And while CNN tries to become the next Fox and Fox lose viewers to, oh, what you should be doing, what everyone should be doing, it's not a secret, right? We should be focused on, on, on reimagining the way the media is done, but reimagining the way as it should be done with humanity, with compassion, with decency, with intelligence, just trying to solve problems. That's why I love the Midas Mighty. That's why I love this pro-democracy community here. It's why we're so grateful for all of you, um, for all of your support. None of this is possible without you. So share these videos, share the podcast, subscribe, not just on our YouTube channel, but subscribe as well, wherever you get your audio podcast. It helps the show if you subscribe on audio. So for whatever reason, you're not subscribed on audio, subscribe there. For all our audio listeners who don't see our YouTube, check out our YouTube. I think you will like it. 
Also, you can check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch. That's one of the ways we fund this network. We don't have outside investors. I know probably not the best business model, but um, you know, I think doing it grassroots is the right way. One of the membership tiers we have is a tier called an honorary producer, but there are a lot of other tiers as well. And here on the screen now, we have all of our honorary producers for those oh. just listening to audio. Thank you to our honorary producers, but thank you to all of our patrons. You can also check out our gear at uh, store.midastouch.com, 100% made in the U.S., 100% union made. That's store.midastouch.com. Check that out there. I've got a new political beatdown tomorrow I'm doing at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, with Michael Cohen, who was just deposed in the New York Attorney General case. We'll Ooh. talk about his deposition. Uh, a lot of exciting stuff coming our way. And uh, again, thank you all so, so much. Jordy, I'll let you take it away. Shout out to the Midas Mighty! Lock him up! Indictment season is upon us. Celebrate with the new Indictment season t-shirt and v-neck exclusively at store.midastouch.com. 